Good morning. It is Monday, February 18th, 7.54 a.m. I kind of uh, <coughs> was in the middle of doing just the tail end of some research. Um, I, on reflection, had noticed that uh, the podcasts for the past few weeks had been a rich, you know, not rich, where's that word come from? Rinse, repeat of um, more of the mundane aspects of my life. Um, so I, I decided to in, inject this podcast with uh, a bit of intrigue um, from history. I will give a brief synopsis of my week before getting into that, though. So, yeah, basically, I didn't get around to making any soups. I was very involved in my sewing projects. I hardly went out. I went out to the right spot and caught up with Taylor on Friday night. I had two Manhattans. We stayed for, I don't know, maybe maybe 2.5 hours, maybe three hours. I was catching up. Um, we both had the grilled cheese with the jalapenos. Um, there was no drama from any of the staff or the employees this time, which was great. Um, and then I went straight back to sewing. I've been hand sewing this garment and I've only got the finishing touches on it. So basically just been sewing and, and, uh, doing a little bit of, of thrifting for the shop, but it's been kind of a slow week for that, which folded into, um, my sewing. And I have another design coming up that I'm very excited about that I have to source fabric for. So it, it just, it's never ending. Once you start creating things, you just, you don't really run out of ideas. You get more ideas while you're creating things. So that's, that's, that's good. I want to encourage you guys to just start something, start making stuff, start doing stuff. Anyway, um, the main focus today will be about a uh, forgotten aspect of the personal life of Prince Charles. This will focus primarily on the mistress of Prince Charles, not Camilla Parker Bowles, but a lesser known mistress who was in tandem uh, as far as the time frame and some overlap and, and at some point some relay with Camilla. Her name was Dale Harper, later Dale Tryon, also known as Kanga. She met the Prince Charles in, I believe, in 1971, 1972, right around the same time Camilla was meeting Charles. Um, Camilla was about to get married to Andrew Parker Bowles, who was a dear friend of Charles, and that's how they became affiliated with each other. And right around the same time, Charles was also introduced to this it's Australian socialite, Dale Harper, 
she was a PR maven. And so kind of like, you know, you know, the type kind of like an events planner type gal who's out at all the best parties, uh, fabulously wealthy, um, you know, beautifully dressed, uh, you know, I will give, I'll, let me give it to you straight. She's hotter than Camilla. Okay. Um, both were blondes, but I would say that Dale had kind of more of a, more of like a little bunny vixen look to her. Um, whereas Camilla kind of just more looks like a very, um, you know, tired horse. Um, so they're, they have different styles to say the least. Um, Whereas Camilla was, knew all the protocol and was extremely by the book, very arch, you know, uh, herself from a very old family. Um, Dale was fresh blood, fresh meat, if you will. Um, coming from Australia, uh, she loved bright colors, you know, she dressed in, in like a an exaggerated cutesy style that like almost was kind of like an anime style almost um just you know bold watercolor prints um big white midi collars you know um large gold costume jewelry like hyper feminine whereas Camilla tended to wear a lot of tweeds and was very horsey you know I said she kind of reminds me of an old an old horse she actually loves horses <laughs> and um her fondness for the hunt is uh one of the bonding factors between her and Charles whereas Dale was more of a spectator when it came to horsey things um so in the same year, both Camilla and Dale married their respective husbands. Uh, Camilla married Andrew Parker Bowles, and Dale married a blue blood aristocrat named Antony Tryon. He was from a very old, prestigious family. You know, he their manor was kind of you know like a miniature castle. It, you know, um, old, old money. Um, so she, she did a good match for herself. Um, neither of the women were, uh, candidates for Charles's hand in marriage because Camilla, for one, had already slept with Charles, which I think that's pretty much a no-no back then, um, and was seen cavorting with him, casually everyone knew how close they were so they were actually if this makes any sense she was too ch close to Charles to be married to him okay um they were too intimate to to uh have a royal marriage as it were um and for Dale's part who from this moment on may be called Kanga for Kinga's part, she was kind of a bad girl. Um, bad, you know, in the, you know, kind of naughty sense of the word. Um, when she was in Australia, she was, you know, always gallivanting about, sneaking out of the house, 
you know, getting with sketchy dudes, um, rebels and that sort of thing. Um, she, you know, getting kicked out of boarding school for, you know, moral torpitude, etc. Um, and although she had reinvented herself as a PR maven, um, you know, the stank was still on her. And, uh, so she was definitely not a candidate. So if anyone ever wants to know why he didn't choose them, um, that's why. Um, they were just a little too experienced. And Charles, at the time that the two women were married, betrothed and then married, was still quite a playboy, okay? Um, so he wasn't ready to marry, whereas women his age were expected to be married. So there's a bit of a, um, a double standard there. Um, Charles was still just living it up, you know, yachting, um, palling around with his uncle, Lord Mountbatten, who was the eternal playboy Casanova, um, you know, aristocrat all all in one and royalty um so that's who prince charles really looked up to there is a rule amongst mistresses those particularly catering to the royal set where once a mistress marries she is not able to resume congress with her dalliance in this case the prince until she has conceived and bore an heir so let's say someone was having an affair with the prince they get married they can't they can't see each other again until she gives birth to a son okay so you better damn well hope that you know the first kid's a son if you want to get back with charles um so Camilla observed this protocol to the T. She was very discreet. Um, and you may all know this by now, but Camilla's, I believe her grandmother or her great grandmother was the favorite mistress of Edward the seventh. Her name was Alice Keppel. And, um, I believe that there was also another mistress. Um, that was not the only mistress uh, from Camilla's line. So, she had the knowledge of her forebears uh, to guide her through the um, all the nuances and the protocol of the mistress life. So once she married Andrew, uh, she got down to business. They had a son, um, they, but that put her off the market for a couple of years because you know you gotta you have the gestation period and then you know um make sure i mean you can't <laughs> prince charles can't just like come a court in right after like as soon as the baby is born you know like there's got to be a little bit of waiting time um he's basically has to you know be photographed and presented and christened and all those things too and those take time um Camilla has to publicly establish herself as you know a family unit 
as part of the Parker Bowles unit, and that has to be recognized as well. So those those things take time. Um, so all the all the protocol is you know, it it took a couple of years. Um, so Camilla was terrified though because that's when uh, Kanga or Dale really swooped in on Charles and. And these two women were rivals from the start. They just, oil and water, you know, you know which one was the oil, you know which one was the water. Like, they really did not like each other. And Camilla in particular was just appalled that she was even dealing with someone so indiscreet. Yes, I said it. Kanga was indiscreet. She was very... Because she was a PR maven, she couldn't stay out of the press. And she liked to kiss and tell. So, you know, there was something that was that was uh, to her, her detriment, which we'll get into later. Um, that was very tacky of her, and it was, a, it was a bad move. So while Camilla was all pregnant, um, Charles was basically making a royal booty call uh, over... Uh, to the Trion's house, uh, house manor, excuse me. So he would go on these hunting trips and fishing trips on their property, and he would somehow, um, Lord Tryon would duck out, and he would not stay for very, Prince Charles would not stay for very long, maybe an hour or so, and then he would, he would jaunt off, so, um, the times when they spent a, like prolonged periods together um, was when they all went to Iceland together for annual fishing trips. Lord Tryon was a was an avid fisherman, so uh, that was his hobby of sorts. That was his passion, his craft. Um, you know, gentlemen don't really keep professions. Uh, they have expensive, extended hobbies that are all consuming um that becomes their their quest so yeah must be nice um so yeah prince charles would go and uh go fishing with them and and that was that was uh the length of it all well i mentioned lord mountbatten um Lord Mountbatten, Prince Charles's uncle, was killed on one of his boats or ships by the IRA. He was bombed. He was bombed. I can't. I can't even imagine having a relative of a close relative of mine dying from a bomb, a bomb attack. I. I just. Oh. And you know, I, I think it was targeted towards, you know, him in particular. So, Charles was almost thirty at the time when this happened. So it was, it was at this time that he had started to take to assess his life. I mean, he was grief stricken by his, his mentor, his confidant, and his friends. You know, abrupt passing. It it was it was a trauma to him, and uh, it's hard to be a lonely bachelor. It's when you don't have your um your home base so to speak and charles did spend quite a lot of time at mount batten's castle 
So this is when Diana enters the picture. Now, Diana was the younger sister of someone who Charles briefly dated. Um, and to be clear, Diana's sister was not Charles's mistress. See, there's a lot of different hierarchies and subsets and different levels of relationships. So they were dating, which does not mean that that uh, Diana's older sister was his girlfriend. They were just going on dates, okay? So um, they, I don't know how close they got. They probably did not have sex. Um, you know, that's what his mistress was for. Um, but yeah, they did go out on some dates and apparently it was on friendly terms enough, you know, where Diana could enter the picture. Diana was, I I believe, hadn't really dated anyone. Um, I don't know of any boyfriends that Diana had prior to Prince Charles. Um, and that was just the, that made her the prime candidate, um, to be the royal bride. Uh, I think also that, I mean, I wasn't there, but I think Princess, uh, well, Diana at the time was a virgin and that, that made her an even better candidate. Um, that fell into place with protocol. So Charles has these two married mistresses in his court at the time, and they are competing viciously for Charles' attention. Meanwhile, he's getting engaged to Diana, being seen in public appearances with her. All the while, Camilla is very, very, you know, territorial, making sure that Diana knows how close she and Charles are. At one point, they even stayed at the Parker Bowles' estate for, like, weeks. And you just have this horsey Camilla just like, Charles this, Charles that, Charles, oh, Charles, like, that would drive me fucking nuts. You know? Um, I think if I were Diana, which I'm not, and, you know, I'll never be in that position, but if I were Diana, I would say, I want to get to know Charles on my own terms. Thank you. I'm so glad you're so close now. Thank you. Because that's ridiculous. Um, I can't imagine having this extremely dyed-in-the-wool, you know, beyond preppy. We'll we'll say tweety woman just, just drool, practically drooling in my ear like about how much she, how close she is to Charles and how charmed, how horsey they are. I just, it would drive me fucking nuts. Um, and that's kind of around the time that Diana also met Dale slash Kanga, which I'll get into a little bit more detail on that in a second, put a pin in that. Diana and Charles marry. Both mistresses are at the wedding. Okay. You know, thank God it's a huge wedding. So they did. So Diana didn't have to see all that. Um, But Kanga somehow managed to be on uh, on camera. They were not. The two mistresses were not invited to the wedding breakfast afterwards. Okay. Camilla went, you know, basically wild herself away 
dug bore into, you know, her family life and, you know, just basically crept back into the shadows, um, by all appearances. Okay. Um, and Dale or Kanga, she had her own party, her own salon de refusé, um, on the same day as the wedding and the wedding breakfast, she had her own thing. Like I wasn't invited to the, to the wedding breakfast. And so I'm going to have my own. So that was really tacky and it was very highly publicized. And, you know, it it was just, it was in poor taste. Also, she was married. So, you know, it kind of, you know, it's okay to be a married mistress, but a publicly, you know, public presenting yourself publicly as the prince's mistress while you're married is looked down upon. You know, it's, I know it's a double standard, but that those are the rules. And if you want to play with the big dogs, you, you got to play by their rules. That's just how the cookie crumbles. Oh, God. Because Kinga also strongly disliked Camilla and because Diana not only dislike does not even cover it was was completely shut down by Camilla Camilla was constantly uh, one-upping her and and making her feel like you know a child basically um anytime they were around and and getting closer and closer by the second to Charles. Diana and Kinga formed an alliance. Kinga needed a reason to keep her hooks in to the pulse of the royal scene. At this point, you know, she's married and she had children of her own. I think she had a couple children of her own. She'd also suffered some pretty severe postpartum depression in her with her first child. Okay, so she that made her strive harder because the postpartums they had it had put her out each time, and she lost footing. She lost social footing. She lost edge. Um, you know, she didn't have the lineage to fall back on, even though she had a lot of money. And although her husband was more of, you know, was probably one of the most regal, you know, aristocrats in the land, it wasn't enough because of all the different things that she had done to screw the pooch. It wasn't enough to absorb her scandalous behavior. So what, what Kinga decided to do was open a boutique called Kanga, wherein she would cater to all all the finest ladies of the land, even Princess Diana. So, you know, she gets the ear of all of all the gossip that's going on. And, you know, her designs were basically like the type of clothes that she wore. So she might have had a shadowed, you know, a shadow designer, a ghost designer. Um, but yeah, Diana was seen out and about wearing Kanga's creations and, uh, they became, uh, somewhat close, uh, because they had, they had to form an alliance because Camilla was, 
was like a slow moving, you know, battering battery ram, you know, she just was more of a force than you think. Um, I want to stop and isolate and hone in on Camilla's um, personality a little bit. Camilla, I don't personally like Camilla. Um, she doesn't personally like me either because she doesn't know me. <laughs> um, but I like how she plays the long game. I will give her that. She is patient. And I think although she was shaken by the two-year period when she was off limits to Prince Charles and was had anxiety about how she would get back in, she did not let her anxiety get the best of her. And she did things that Charles liked to do and she did them with a passion. She never tried to <laughs> look she never tried to seduce him with her looks. Let's put it that way. She never tried to use the smoke and mirrors and glamour and other affectations that other women used. She was well and truly herself. And that self-confidence and self-reliance, um, even though at times they, you know, underneath the surface might have, there might have been some cracks, what she presented as was a very self-reliant front and unshakable confidence in who she was um and even if all she was was just very chummy with charles um she held to that and she knew when to step back and be with her family and be the mother when she needed to be the mother so there's a there's a big difference there well, let's flash forward to 1992. Uh, Camilla had, to, by this point, gotten a huge stronghold on Charles. And Diana had been involved with men on her end as well. Um, by this point, a stable boy wrote a scathing memoir about their their many trysts um memoir more like a tell-all um which as far as the british press is concerned like the tabloids here have nothing on the british tabloids and tell-alls are very popular extension of the tabloid um they do it for like a large sum of money um and and they expose everything and it's messy and it's thrilling and it sells a lot of books or copies be it in an article or an actual book um and and diana was had been experiencing some profound instability at this time too um you know her her battles with bulimia were becoming known um there was a tarnish to the crown at this point and you know the the, the ragged edges of the marriage were starting to show um so they so Prince Charles and Diana announced their separation and Charles and Camilla became publicly established as a couple like almost overnight uh this did not bode well for Kinga because she realized that she 
well and truly was never, ever, ever going to see Charles in the same way that she had seen him. They would not be seen together socially. They would not have any trysts at her manor. They would not be having sex again. She would not be associated with him. It was over. It was final. It was forever. Um, so at the same time that this happened, Kanga had a re- recurring bout from her childhood with spinal diffida, or spinal bifida. And that crippled her. It, it weakened her considerably. Um, she was at a, like at a trade show and she was suddenly unable to walk. When she went into the doctor, into the hospital, she found out she also had cancer. So then, you know, that was like a horrible blow, you know. Um, you're no longer the prince, one of the prince's favorites, which, and, you know, your marriage is actually in the shitter. And then you have a double, you know, bad health problem. So she is hospitalized, of course. Then she goes on a trek with her, her kind of her actress friend to India and you know the the cancer goes into remission um and then she is still still has a spinal bifida and she is in a rehab clinic to kind of detox from all the uh basically all the drugs that she was on for various things um you know, antidepressants, uh, all the chemotherapy drugs, the pain, probably opioids, you know, who knows? That's speculative on my end. Um, and she was only at the rehab center for a short time when she fell out of the window. Her theory is that she was pushed. Many witnesses say that she actually jumped out of the window because she was so depressed and she was in a state of despair. She jumped out of the window. Um, And the reason why people say that she jumped is because a lot of the staff was trying to convince her not to jump. And so they put pillows and things down on the ground just in case she did jump because she was so serious about it. So it's hard to... If she was pushed out of a window... Why would there be pillows there unless they're going to push her onto some pillows, you know? Um, but she was starting to entertain delusions and had a very hard time uh, with reality at this point. Um, and she broke her back and then she was bedridden. Uh, she went she went through physical therapy, but she wasn't able to walk again. So she went from being this this dazzling socialite, also entrepreneur um, and 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 favorite of Prince Charles to being a mentally unstable, unwell, unhealthy, crippled or I mean not crippled is the wrong word um, you know, unable to walk woman. Um, and all, all the while, you know, uh, 
Prince Charles is throwing this fabulous 50th birthday party for Camilla Bowles. It's eating her up. All those times that Kanga was talking to the press, that backfired on her. She made mistakes. She made mistakes by confiding in journalists, treating them like her confidants. So anytime Kanga wanted to get back in the press, she didn't present well. Um... She was openly saying that she was going to be the Queen of England. Um, She was saying also Prince Charles was her son. She was really convinced that all she'd have to do is show up at one of his polo matches in a bright floral dress and wave at him and that he would come over to her. In essence, she did try to do this from her wheelchair and she was roundly ignored. This pretty much drove her to her wit's end. In 1997, as we know, on August 30th, Princess Diana was killed in a car accident. And that was a huge tragedy the world over. And the nation mourned the loss of our princess. Only four months later, Kanga died as well. And you know how she died? From bed sores. She was trying to go back to India. And she was rushed back to England. Because the infections from her bed sores. Anything airborne clung to them. Her bed sores were so severe. That you could see the bone. Her bones on her legs. It was going that deep. And that is how she died. And it's so chilling. It it must be awful to be discarded by a prince. But on the same note, I think if she had played her cards right, she might have gotten quite the leg up on Camilla. Because she had things that Camilla didn't have. She had beauty. She had style. She had a sparkling personality. And she didn't take herself too seriously. But maybe she should have. Camilla won in the end. We all know her now as the wife of Prince Charles. I'm not a fan, but I will say this. Homegirl knew how to play the lawn game. Take note. Don't let your enemies or your rivals unseat you. Don't let people in your life who seem to have the immediate advantage get the permanent advantage on you. Hold your ground. Know who you are and wait. Wait for them to fall because eventually your enemies. And people who are your rivals will make a misstep. And if you kindly step out of the way, they will fall. Well, this has been thrilling. I enjoyed telling you about the other mistress of Prince Charles. I'm going to get back to my sewing. I'm going to make some borscht. And I hope you all have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.